Welcome to Monsters Among Us. I'm your guide, Derek Hayes. Welcome back to another installment. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you here with me this blistering evening. Man, it's hot out there. Now normally this is where I would tell you that tonight's episode is jam-packed with spooks, ghouls, and goblins. But, truth be told, I don't know what tonight's show has in store. Because tonight's episode is another grab bag special. It's been crazy busy here lately. We had the shoot out in Borrego. Then we had some family in town. They're even here as I write and record this intro. And of course, I overbooked myself with a few other engagements. So in short, I am short on time. So tonight's calls will be picked at random out of the Monsters Among Us vault. Now I did my best to select calls that have been there a while. So if you called in some time ago and still haven't heard your story, well, first of all, hang in there. I get a lot of submissions, but I'll get to all of them eventually. But mostly hang in there because tonight, your odds are slightly better to be selected. So let's stop confabulating about the process and actually get our ears on a call. And the first one from this evening comes to us out of the state of Arkansas. Brent, welcome to the program. Hey Derek, this is Brent from Arkansas. I lived with my mother in her apartment at the time of this. I was having a dream one night and I was woken up at about 2.30 in the morning and I heard a high-pitched woman scream. Now, my mother woke me up at 2.30 in the morning, and my first reaction to this was, who's screaming? Are you screaming? Is everything okay? And my mom was like, I'm not screaming, but your uncle is in the hospital. He's had a seizure at work, and he's fallen down, and nobody found him for about 10 minutes. So over the next couple weeks, my uncle was pronounced dead at the hospital because he wasn't resuscitated quick enough and, you know, just brain damage. Uh, it, it was a terrible ordeal. Couldn't be stopped, though. And it's not like it's the most horrible way someone died. But what I'm calling about is an Irish cryptid, actually. My family can be traced back to Ireland. Uh, one of our family members, I don't know her name, did our ancestry.com stuff and she has the family tree. But my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and his family came over here on a boat from Ireland. Um, 
some of the people on here might not know because I haven't heard a lot about a banshee and most people haven't either. But banshees were originally something called a keener. And a keener was a woman, an Irish woman, because this is strictly an Ireland type stuff, that was hired to cry at weddings. And I don't know the old legend, you'll have to do some research on your on your own part, which I'm sure you will. But I'm wondering if that wasn't the cry of a banshee I heard because my uncle had fallen and had been taken into the hospital. And I didn't connect this until like yesterday. And this has been about seven or eight months ago now. So I just thought it was kind of crazy. Honestly, I've only been listening to your podcast for about three days. and I've got some more stories too, so I'll call back in when I get a chance. Thanks, man. Thanks, Brent. I guess the joke's on you, because this is a grab bag episode, and I don't do research for these. But that didn't stop me from doing a quick Google search while I listened to the call. Now, I don't know enough about the Banshee to sit here and spit facts at you. So instead, I went to the website Celtic Wedding Rings, which seemed to have the legend down pat. And this is what they have written. A Banshee is said to be a fairy in Irish legend, and her scream is believed to be an omen of death. The scream is also called a cowan, which means keening, and is the warning that there will be an imminent death in the family, and as the Irish families blended over time, it is said that each family has its own banshee. A banshee is a disembodied spirit that can appear in any of the following forms. A beautiful woman wearing a shroud, a pale woman in a white dress with long red hair, a woman with a long silver dress and silver hair, a headless woman carrying a bowl of blood that is naked from the waist up, an old woman with frightening red eyes, a green dress and long white hair, and finally an old woman with a veil covering her face dressed in black with long gray hair. Now Brent, I don't know what the rules are here. Do you have to see the banshee or simply hear her? But either way, it's an eerie coincidence. So thank you for sharing. Now, if anyone out there has a story they would like to submit to the show, you can simply call the hotline at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. Or you can visit the Report Your Sightings tab on the website at monstersamonguspodcast.com. And don't forget, I'm in desperate need of these medical worker calls. And be sure to get your hometown legend stories in as well. Now tonight's next creepy call comes to us from Chris in the state of North Carolina. Hi Derek, my name is Chris out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. I wanted to call you because I had an experience last night on December 22nd uh, around 9.30pm Eastern. Uh, it's clear night. I was out on a patio, and I have a pretty good view of the city skyline in a linear fashion, so I can see pretty much, I guess it would be east to west from the view. And uh, last night, I noticed there was a really bright, low-lying light right above the newly Bank of America Tower. Uh, and it was interesting because there were, usually with the artificial light, you can't see a lot of stars in the background uh, from the city. So uh, I, I'm not used to seeing a light that close to the skyline. I looked and I could see other stars above uh, the, the artificial light that were clearer. But of course, lower lying uh, stars you can't see because of the, the, the lights from the, uh, from the downtown area. 
Uh, so I watched this light, and you could see, I don't know if it was twirling or whatever, distance i couldn't really gauge proximity it wasn't a helicopter it was early enough where there were other uh, airplanes and things visible uh, above where this light was because it was hovering pretty low uh you could see it twirling around i actually had my girlfriend come out and take a look so i wanted to make sure i was seeing what i was seeing and she also couldn't determine what it was and we watched it for a good 20 minutes and went inside and i kept periodically coming back and each time I came back, the light was higher in altitude. So after about an hour, it was pretty much in line with the other stars, and, and the light had diminished a bit to where it looked like a star. I don't know what it was. You could see some clear lights turning there uh, in multiple colors from a distance, so it looks like it was rotating. Uh, uh, but it wasn't a helicopter. Uh, it definitely wasn't a plane. I also saw a red light in the distance uh, when I first initially saw this thing. And I've never seen a red light move across the sky like that. It wasn't a plane. It wasn't flashing. It was just a, a dark red light that moved from north to south, kind of behind and above whatever this phenomenon we were seeing. Um, I wanted to note that I've lived in this area uh, for about seven years, uh, and I'm a bit of a sky gazer. So at night, I usually I'm out there kind of watching stars. It's, it's really nice, and you get a really good view of the uh, the city and the skyline at night. It's really crisp out here. With the home of the highway so i'm usually out there uh, every night so that's why this particular instance was peculiar also to note that i don't live that far from the sighting uh, and from the downtown area maybe a mile uh, that may be a stretch i can always hear the highway that runs in between the uh, downtown area and where i live and i can hear the news helicopters and you know airplanes and things pretty clearly so i'm pretty accustomed to the the local sounds in the area on the, uh, on, on, uh, on a frequent basis uh, where this one stood out. Uh, I also called my girlfriend back and just recapped it with her. And uh, we were discussing if we thought it was a drone, something like that. But the light was it was too bright to be a drone. And, and where it was, again, there was no sound. Uh, one thing I wanted to let you know, too, is that I stood out on the porch and I saw this thing moving slowly. And I wasn't sure if I was just kind of swaying in my stance. So there were a couple branches there that I knew that if I stood straight, they would be at this particular level with my, my back up against my house on the porch. And so I used that as a, as a measurement to see if this thing was moving or if I was swaying from, from that vantage point once I moved to a higher location on, on my porch just to see if I could get a better view. And Derek, I'm telling you, this thing was moving up and I, I would go in the house for maybe like two minutes and, and try to eat and go back out and, and see if something was happening. And it, it, it exceeded those branches. And I was looking at the other stars, the Big Dipper was there and those stars didn't move. So I was considering, okay, maybe it was rotation of the earth or something else, but nothing else was moving at the rate that this particular item was moving. And again, it was rotating. Uh, you could see the, the refraction of light that was coming off of it because of the, the ray extensions that you could see from it because of the, it was so close. Uh, but again, it, it, it didn't appear to be a star. I could be wrong, but it was very interesting. I've never seen anything like that in my life or, or in the seven years that I've been here just peering off the porch, checking out the skyline. I just wanted to call it and let you guys know, and, and hopefully uh, this can be used on your show. Uh, keep it up. Really enjoy your, your episodes, and uh, thanks for taking my story, Derek. Thank you, Chris. You know, I actually might know what you saw that evening. Several years ago, when I still lived in Los Angeles, I remember it was late in the evening, probably a Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. 
and I'd forgotten something at the office, or I had to go back and do something. That part I can't recall. So I jumped on my Honda motorcycle and made my way to Beverly Hills. When I reached the area of Miracle Mile, and those Angelinos out there will know where I'm talking about, I began to see between the skyscrapers a a bright, glowing, orange or yellowish light in the distance. Now this light looked like an oncoming plane at several hundred feet, uh, maybe half a mile away, something like that. It was very bright, very big, very uh, present. It alarmed me so much that I actually pulled over to the side of the road and called Sarah and asked her to jump outside and see if she could see it. Uh, As a crow flies, we were probably three or four miles apart at the time she was at home. And of course, she could. So then we both started jumping on our smartphones, trying to figure out exactly what it was we were looking at. And after a little bit of research, I figured out that it was the planet Venus. Now, certain times of the year, Venus is very present and very bright in the sky. So it was a bit disappointing that it wasn't aliens come to invade us, but it was pretty exciting to find a logical explanation to the sighting. Now, Chris, as for the craft you saw, it would make sense that this ascending motion that you described is practically exactly what Venus would do, and it would probably tend to fade out a bit as it went higher in the sky. Now, I'm certainly not an astronomer, but that's the pony I'm going to pick. Thanks for calling in. So the next story we have this evening comes to us from parts unknown, from an anonymous source. Hi, Derek. First time caller. I'm binging. I'm about season seven now and thought it was time I started. Call and stuff in since all of your other calls are really bringing stuff back up for me. Uh, This happened to me. I was between five and eight years old, say. Um, It was in a rented house up in the foothills in Los Angeles. We lived in this house that had an add-on and the add-on looked into what we were using as a dining room. The um, living room that we were in, um, I was sitting on a chair on the arm of my grandmother's recliner. My mother, grandmother, and grandfather are all in this room, and this is a house that they would all tease me because once we moved in, I would start running down the hallway at mock speed because I told them I thought somebody was following me, and it was scary. It just had a long hallway down the middle, um, well lit, but absolutely terrified me, and they all teased me. One night, we're sitting there, they're all watching TV, I'm hanging out, and just sitting quietly on the arm of my grandmother's chair, and I see a black, dark shadow with, like, what almost looks to be a hipster beanie at the top of the head that looked to be about four feet tall, or an adult crouching to be about four feet, run from the right side of the room across the back wall and into a kitchen. There was no way out. There was a locked front door. And I freaked out, almost fell off the chair. I made my grandfather get up and go, look, he's a 6'2 vet. And they all thought I was crazy. Nobody else saw it. And just that hallway never, ever was comfortable for me as a kid. And I'm glad we moved. I'm going to send you an email. There was a Ghost Hunters episode that came up probably a decade ago. And they went to the Moon River Bruco in Savannah, Georgia. And 
they captured the exact same thing that I saw even going the same direction, running behind a pool table. You will see the shadow run across the back of this room on their IR camera at about 30 seconds in. And I will go ahead and send that link to you so you can view it. That's my story. And I've got a couple other funky ones. I will call back with those at a later date. I love your podcast. And you have absolutely traumatized me when you read the old call-in phone number for Unsolved Mysteries because it brought that all back. So thank you for keeping me terrified. Love your show. And thank you. One eight hundred eight seven six five three five three. That number is almost literally tattooed in my brain. Thanks, caller, for sharing. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to find our caller's email that she said she would send in. But luckily for you, I did find a clip from that particular episode that our caller was mentioning. That particular Ghost Hunters episode. So I've linked to that in tonight's show notes if you would like to take a look. Skip to about the 30 second mark to see the shadow figure that she was referring to. In the meantime, thanks again, caller, for sharing. It's certainly a creepy experience. Seeing something like that in your own home, it's got to be unsettling. When our next call of the evening also comes to us anonymously. Welcome to the program. Hey, Derek. Uh, just calling to give you a story. Uh, I just heard the story of the mimicking voices. I think that was the last podcast I just heard. I uh, just want to say great podcast and love listening to it. Keeps me, uh, keeps me busy while I'm working. So it's just a quick story. I've just listened to that podcast, uh, the one where the woman hears the mimicking voices of her loved ones, and I, it struck a chord in me because there was one, ex- one particular experience that I can remember where that has happened to me, and it was about two years ago, so it was probably 2018, uh, it was the spring of 2018, and uh, at the time, my girlfriend was going through a lot of stuff in her life. There's a lot of turmoil and negative energy going on. And for about two weeks, I would hear my voice call her name. And I, I definitely knew it wasn't me. And it happened to me twice. It happened once when her and I were standing on our front porch and we were both looking at each other when it happened. And we heard in the distance my voice call her name and that one particular time was the most compelling just because we were both looking at each other we were not talking and we both heard my voice call her name and the other particular time it was different I was sitting in the room sitting in the bedroom and she was out in the living room watching TV and I heard my voice in the hallway of the apartment building call her name and the same kind of thing you know, I, I actually got up that time and I opened the door to look into the staircase of the apartment building. And I actually went up and down the stairs to see if there was anyone there. And there was no one there. I could hear the echo of my voice in the corridors of the of the staircase. And uh, it, was, it was very, extremely creepy. And it was one of those things where I kind of put it out of my head. It was a hard time in both of our lives. And 
and it was just one of those situations where it freaked me out so much I just kind of put it away until I heard the last podcast where the woman was explaining how she would hear her husband calling her when she knew her husband didn't and uh, when her father as well and uh, yeah I think it's definitely a very sinister feeling when that happens it's not very fun but thank you for uh, letting me share and I hope everything goes well and keep doing what you're doing because I'm still listening I think it's been about two years three years now so keep up the good work thank you sir it's a long time to listen to my voice or maybe it's the calls that keep you coming back either way we appreciate your tale thank you for sharing your story and you're correct these mimicry tales these encounters with voices that are similar though not exactly our own are downright terrifying and I've heard them associated with anything from ghosts to UFOs, aliens and even the Bigfoot phenomena strange stuff either way thank you caller for sharing the entry now this evening's next entry comes to us from the state of Georgia David the microphone is yours hey Derek this is David from middle Georgia just listening to the latest podcast and you had a flannel man series of stories there and it reminded me of uh, when I saw one about 20 years ago I'd just gotten out of the army and I was going to school to uh, work on airplanes and I was going in one morning it was about a 20 mile drive one way and it was a nice clear cool morning and on the way to school there's a rather long right hand bend that you have to take and I was driving down the road, and in the middle of the bend, I saw a man standing there in a flannel shirt, but I could only see anything from the waist up. And I didn't see a dog, but for some reason, I had a feeling that there was a dog there too. A little time goes by, it was a two and a half year course, and I'd gotten to where I would ride share with another student there. And I don't know if it was about the same time of the year, I I wasn't really thinking about it too much. But we were going down the same road, same time in the morning, and I didn't see him again. But the guy riding with me, he asked me, did you see that? And I said, did I see what? And he told me that he saw an older man in a flannel shirt, but he could only see him from the waist up. And I told him, no, I I didn't see it then, but I had seen it before. And then jump 20 years later, my two oldest daughters are in the army, one out at Fort Hood and one at Fort Bragg. And I went out to visit the one at Fort Hood. Of course, Fort Hood is a very old military installation. And we were driving down the road, one of the back roads there on Fort Hood. They've got a recreational area out in the middle of nowhere. And my daughter was driving, because I might have been drinking a little that day. And out here in the middle of nowhere, we just passed a guy walking down the road. He had tan trousers on, flannel shirt. And when we passed him, I looked in the side view mirror to see if I could see who, you know, was walking way out there in the middle of nowhere. And by the time I looked in the side view mirror, he was gone. I didn't say anything about it to my daughter because she kind of gets a little spooky about those things. But those are my stories. I appreciate it. Love your show. Take care. Thank you, David. Now, when it comes to these flannel man experiences, there's one person that I trust more than anyone else. And of course, that's our old friend, Timothy Renner, 
over at uh, Strange Familiars Podcast. Now, I don't really understand the difference between a regular apparition wearing flannel and the supposed flannel man, but I also do not claim to be an expert on this subject. But what I am an expert at is sussing out the creepy. And David, the story certainly was that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Alright folks, for this next one, we're going to venture to the state of New York, where Stephen has a story for us. Hey, how you doing? My name is Stephen. Um, I'm actually new to your podcast. My cousin had introduced me to it and I'm, I'm loving it ever since so I figured I'd share my story. My story happened around 97, 98. Um, I was about seven years old and we were living in the Bronx, New York. It was a Friday night when this happened. It was just me and my parents home. My brother was away at my grandmother's house for the night. So, you know, it was a normal night for me. I'm in the room watching TV until bedtime. My mom usually used to come in the room as I'm asleep, turn the TV off, close the door. Normal night. She does that. I had a nightmare and I woke up startled. I was sweating. And then as I wake up, I'm facing a wall. Now the door is to the right of my bed. So when I wake up, I see the light from the TV on. And I know my mother turned the TV off because I remember hearing her. I was in the, you know, in those trends where you sleep, but you're up and you can hear what's going on, but you don't bother. So I heard her turn the TV off and I heard her close the door. So when I woke up, I never forget Yogi Bear was on the TV. And this had to be around four something in the morning. I look over at the TV, see the TV on. I look off to the right of the TV in the doorway. I see a full body apparition. Uh, to me, it looked like a man. I see a head, shoulders, arms, torso, legs, feet. I think it's my, my dad. So I say, dad, nothing responds. So I scream out to my mom. My mom goes, what's going on? What's going on? I say, there's a man in my room. There's a man in my room. So my dad, being in the sleep and cranky when he wakes up, he goes, come, come here, come here, stop playing. So when I heard my dad say, come here, I just gathered all the, the courage I could bottle up at that age and just ran straight for the doorway. And when I, when I got up and ran through the door, I had my head tucked as if I was ready to run into him and just keep it moving. And then hopefully, you know, they, if there's a commotion, you know, my parents would come running in. So I ran past them and then I hit the counter because I was running so fast and I went through it. So when I hit the counter, I turned and I see the silhouette still there. So I just take off down the hallway, run through the living room, get to my parents' room. I tell my mom and dad what happened. I'm shaking. My mom feels me shaking. My dad's like, oh, you just had a nightmare. So he gets up and goes to check. He comes back in his room. He said, there's nothing there. I said, I know there was something there. My mom's like, it's okay. It's okay. Lay down. Uh, I lay down uh, maybe 30 to 45 minutes into me staying in my mom and dad's room. I happened to get up and look towards her doorway. Mind you, I'm laying in between the both of them in the bed. So I, I sit up a little bit with my head and my eyes, I think I see the, the silhouette again standing off of my mom and dad's doorway. So I just lay down, go to sleep. Fast forward, my mom calls my, my aunt. I speak with her. They all laughing at me thinking I'm joking because I was a kid. I was like, I, I, you know, I'm getting chased by, I forgot what I said. I, actually, I was I, I, I was afraid of the, the guy from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I said I was being chased by him. And, you know, they laughed at me and my aunt was like, you know, 
and next time if you see it a ghost or something like that you should ask them what do they want don't be afraid just ask them so me being as a kid i'm like heck out of here i'm not doing that so my brother comes home that night on saturday from my grandmother's house he comes in of course makes fun of me ha ha you you're crazy you said you seen things long story short we go to bed we slept in two separate beds we shared the same room we slept on two separate beds so i slept on the pullout bed that was closest to the door i didn't want to sleep on that bed my brother said no you're not sleeping with me so i slept on my bed but i slept more towards this side and i slept so still so the bed wouldn't slide out and i'll fall in between so i just did what i had to do for that night around the same time that night entering sunday morning i wake up doors open silhouettes right there i jump over my brother he wakes up i said see 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 my brother sees it now he goes mom no response he goes dad no response throws the blanket over the both of us i'm like i told you i told you we got to get out of here we got to get out he's like calm down calm down so maybe 20 seconds of us laying underneath the blankets he takes the blanket from over us and we look nothing in the doorway nothing at all just completely gone and then after that happened later on that day he goes in and tells me you know every time i'm home by myself i've always felt uneasy like someone's behind me if i'm walking in the hallway from the kitchen or if i'm sitting on the couch watching tv i feel like there's someone there watching but i don't pay it no mind and me being a child i've always felt like a a presence being around but i don't pay it no mind because i'm so lost up in my own world playing with toys or watching tv or at the time we had a sega dreamcast so i play the sega dreamcast whatever so i don't pay it no mind so when he told me that, I felt more at ease that he seen what I seen and I wasn't going crazy. So now fast forward, we moved from that apartment and we moved to Rockland, New York. When we moved to Rockland, New York, everything goes fine. And my last encounter uh, with a ghostly experience was when I was walking around our new house. My mother told me to go upstairs to get something out of my room. So as I'm going upstairs, it's daytime. Well, my mom is real big into privacy, so her curtains and her blinds in her room were closed. And although it was daytime, with the curtains being closed, it's kind of dark in her room. But her room was like, like an extra dark. Like it doesn't, like it's weird. It was weird, but I wasn't paying it no mind. Like I, like you, it's kind of those, like you feel an uneasy feeling, so you look at it, but you try to not look at it to like ignore it. So I go in my room, get what she asked me. As I'm walking out, I hear somebody whispering my name, like. Out of my mom's room. I don't think twice. I just take off down the steps and act like I didn't hear nothing. And then that was actually the last time I've had a ghostly experience happen to myself. So I thank you for listening and I, I appreciate your podcast and keep up the great work. And I definitely have become a, a good fan and I'm looking forward to more episodes. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. You know, I'll be honest, when uh, you hear a story like that and it's a child hearing or seeing something strange they can't quite explain, it's easy to chalk that up to a bad dream or or even misinterpreting something as a code rack or something like that. But with the case of Stephen, his brother also claimed to have seen this entity, whatever it may be. Not to mention the odd, eerie feelings he said he got alone in the home. So, as far as validation is concerned, I'm afraid to say, Stephen, that's probably as good as it's gonna get. Thanks again for sharing your entry. 
And real quick before we dive into this next one, I want to remind everyone that you can pick up Monsters Among Us merchandise over in the shop. Just visit MonstersAmongUsPodcast.com forward slash shop or click the shop tab. There you can find hats and t-shirts and posters and all sorts of goodies. And every penny spent goes a long way to keep the show rolling. Again, that's MonstersAmongUsPodcast.com forward slash shop. Now our next entry this evening comes to us from Kristen. Hi, my name is Kristen. I am originally from New Jersey, but spent a great deal of time in Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, I always felt silly at the idea of calling in because everybody else has uh, really wild stories, and this one is not quite as wild, but I can't explain it. So uh, the more I heard about spook lights and that sort of thing, the more that sort of made sense to me. First off, it was probably 2012-ish, and Laurel has a big lake just outside of town called Lake Bogahoma. It's not a natural lake. It's a man-made lake. Um, And a friend of mine was working night shift as a cop, and he was out on that side of town and bored, and he wanted me to meet him and hang out. So we went out to the lake because he usually goes catfishing and noodling and all that kind of fun stuff out there. And the moon was really pretty and we both liked being outside and we're bored. So it's probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning. We're both night owls and we ended up going out there and there were plenty of people out along the banks of the lake. And we walked down a little ways from the main pier where most everybody was fishing. All that to say, it was pretty populated. We were not by ourselves, and plenty of people saw the exact same thing. But we're standing there just chatting, and a ball of light that was bright red just looked like it fell from the sky. I know that sounds weird, but one minute it was not there. The next minute it was there and shooting down over the water and stopped maybe two feet above the water. And it all happened extremely fast. It just shot down and then hovered there for maybe a half a second and then shot off to our right out across the rest of the lake and disappeared. And that was it. And we both kind of looked at each other and thought, well, that was strange, but nothing else happened. We went on our way. No big deal. So years later, I don't even remember why, but my mother and I were talking and she said, well, that's really weird because there was one in the house. And that seemed a strange intro. So she said my father had gotten up in the middle of the night and he has since passed, so I couldn't talk to him about it. But he went into the bathroom that was attached to their bedroom, and it woke her up. She's a light sleeper. So he came back out of the restroom, had turned the light off, and a red orb, I guess, um, all of light, was floating in the middle of the bedroom. And they both looked at it and looked at each other, and there was enough moonlight that they could you know, see each other, see outlines. And he said, are you seeing this? And she said, yep, are you? And so they, she said it kind of hovered in the middle of the bedroom and then slowly kind of floated across the room into the hallway and down the hallway. There was no beam of light coming in from somewhere else. There are windows in their room, but it it was a ball of light as opposed to like a point of light, like a, a pointer light, like you would play with a cat. They both thought that was really strange and stuck their heads out of the door and didn't see anything and didn't really know what to think of that. So they went to bed, but theirs was also a very small red ball of light. I don't know what it was. I can't think of anything that would appear that way, especially not something that would move in the way that either theirs or the one that I saw did. Uh, But that's only maybe two miles apart from the house to the lake. And uh, it was just strange. So thank you. I uh, hope you enjoy. If you have ideas, I'm open to them. 
thanks for what you do. Have a good night. Thank you, Kristen. You know, this sounds eerily familiar. I'm going to bend the rules just a tiny bit and play a video that I immediately thought of when I heard Kristen's story. Now, I may have actually played this clip on a previous episode, so if I have, bear with me. But I feel like this may be pertinent to this particular call. White bluish ball come floating out of that room. Joe Vashan of Gwyn came up close and personal with ball lightning. He and his wife Rose were entertaining friends on a hot August day in 1980. Joe was making a drink when he turned around. I could see a light, white blue ball. Just and there it was. You're speechless when it happens. You, you, you don't experience anything except what's going in your eyes. I was just staring. I, I was in awe. The ball entered the room from the hallway, floated about a foot off the ground, and touched the TV, disabling it. The whole event took about 15 seconds. When the ball came into contact with the TV, it imploded with a deafening bang, and it shook the house. It was just a very loud bang, and poof, it was gone, and everybody's kind of just standing there staring at each other, looking. They describe it as about the size of a soccer ball floating silently in the air. Joe says it was a bright blue and white and looked more like liquid. The Vashans have no footage of their encounter, but Joe says he'll never forget it. If I was the only one that seen it, I probably wouldn't even talk about it. Now that clip courtesy of WLUC, NBC News 6, out of Neganabi, Michigan. And yes, before you think you caught me, I did some digging to see if ball lightning could be produced in a red color. The answer is yes. So perhaps that's what Kristen saw and what was cited in her second story. That would certainly be the easy explanation here. But truth be told, I honestly have no idea. And I will say that it seems like red lightning and red ball lightning in relation are extremely rare. So in honesty, what are the chances that it be sighted twice in the same area? Just food for thought. Thank you, Kristen, for sharing the entry. Stay cool this summer with help from our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the new lawnmower 4.0. Now compliment your summer grooming routine with a trim from the leaders in male grooming by heading to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code MONSTERS. Now I've been a big fan of Manscaped products for a while now and their Performance Package 4.0 is a brand new favorite. It includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that features an advanced skin safe technology with a 4K LED spotlight and it's also waterproof. Now also included in the performance package 4.0 is the Weed Whacker, the perfect tool to eliminate ear and nose hair, as well as some of Manscaped's awesome liquid formulations, Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, both of which will keep you feeling fresh down under in the summer heat. Now Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Super Soft Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag, which came in handy for me on my recent trip to the desert. So stay fresh this summer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MONSTERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the coupon code MONSTERS at manscaped.com. Now, as always, supporting our sponsors helps support the show. So thank you for listening, and back 
after the spooky stuff. And that brings us to our final call of the evening. And this last one comes to us from the state of Wisconsin. The following is Logan's entry. Hey, Derek. My name is Logan. I'm from Wisconsin. And I just had a story about a black-eyed kid. So I was driving home from a swim practice uh, in high school. And it was February time. So in Wisconsin, around 5, 6 o'clock, it's almost pitch black outside. So uh, me and my twin brother were driving home uh, from a swim practice. And we're about five minutes away from our house. So we're just driving. It's snow on the ground, just a normal February night. And we're going around this turn, and we see these two kids. It's just me. He's not talking or anything. See these two kids standing on the side of the road. I know it sounds cliche, but it kind of looked like they were wearing dated clothing, but not too old, just girls wearing a normal-looking blouse and the the boys wearing slacks and a shirt. The strangest thing that stood out to me was they were both wearing short sleeves, and it's the middle of winter time in February where it's in Wisconsin it can be sub-zero temperatures all the time. So that really stood out to me, but the biggest thing that hit me was just this overwhelming sense of dread, even before they looked at us. So I'm driving past them, I just, my stomach clenches up, my heart is racing, and we're driving past them, it's around a turn that we have to go pretty slow on, so I look at them, and their eyes are just pitch black, both of them. You know, this could have been because it was nighttime, couldn't see their pupils, but it was just like this piercing black. So both their heads followed us as we drove around this corner, and the fear and dread that I felt is just unspeakable. I've never felt that way ever in my life, no matter what. But we just kept driving. I just kept driving. So we get home, don't speak a single word about it. The only reason that we really brought it up was a couple days later, and just talking to my brother, like, hey, do you remember what we saw, like, on the side of the road there? And he's like, yeah, I was absolutely terrified. And it's just so strange that we didn't talk about it, didn't say anything at the moment, but he described it the same way to me, just overwhelming dread, and I think that's why we didn't talk about it at all. But, yeah, it was just so terrifying seeing those two kids on the side of the road and never saw anything like it again. Just no explanation. I I know the people who live on that road, they didn't have any kids about that age or anything. It was just so terrifying and so strange. Um, Really hope I never see anything like that again. But uh, yeah, that's my story. I have other things to talk about. I'll call back later, but just wanted to uh, tell you my story about black guy kids. Thanks, Derek. Bye. Thank you, Logan. I know you guys love these black eyed kids stories. And truth be told, I think I do as well. And if I'm honest, I can't help but notice the parallels between the black-eyed kids and our own little phenomena, the mirrored man. Coincidentally, just the other day, I was watching Monstrum's latest episode. Dr. Emily Zarka was talking about, you guessed it, the black-eyed kids. Here's a little clip of that particular episode. Courtesy of PBS. In eyewitness accounts and other stories, the childlike creatures are frequently wearing hooded clothing, although some versions claim they are dressed in antiquated outfits. 
They have odd speech patterns, black eyes, and perhaps most importantly, they just don't act in a way we think children should. Similar to some vampire legends, it appears that they must be invited into a private space. And to me, this creepiness evokes fairy, demon, and changeling vibes. Now, if this subject interests you in any way, you certainly want to check this episode out. Now, I've linked to it in tonight's show notes. Uh, You can watch it for free over at YouTube. That's spooky stuff, Logan. Thank you again for taking the time to share it with us. And folks, that concludes this evening's Grab Bag episode. So that's going to do it for this evening. Monsters Among Us is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Additional support is provided by Sarah Carter Hayes and Addie Lloyd. All audio used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. And that spooky music you hear in the background. Well, that's Co.AG Music and Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Thank you so much for listening. And if you don't mind, maybe take a couple minutes to rate and review the show. Or share it with a friend or perhaps on your social media. I think it's time for some new blood. Thank you guys for listening. And until next week. Of course, there's going to be a bonus story. I wouldn't dare leave this out. Some of you got pretty mad at me when I toyed with doing away with this. So all that said, tonight's secret entry is brought to us by Christy in the state of Pennsylvania. Hello, my name is Christy. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I started listening to you a little bit ago and... Uh, trying to catch up to where you are now and wanted to give a story about something that happened with my daughter when she was about three years old. I was having a nightmare. I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of my nightmare. I don't really recall what my nightmare was. It wasn't anything. It was more of like personal stress stuff, not no monsters or anything. And when I woke up, I opened my eyes to roll over and try to forget whatever it was I was dreaming about and as soon as I opened my eyes and I looked up at the ceiling I saw a a purple monster on the ceiling uh, that looked a lot like um, a megatog from Magic the Gathering uh, a card and it was a big purple monster looking at me with rows of teeth doing it was like an after image like I had been dreaming about it or something or staring at it hard and I blinked a couple times and it stayed there and I looked away to see if like it stayed with me wherever I looked and it didn't. It was only on the ceiling and 
I was just getting ready to wake up my husband <laughs> to, to ask him if he could see this and what, what it was. And uh, that's when our daughter woke up screaming. So I rush over and I get her out of her room and I bring her over to calm her down. And at that age, she, she wasn't talking much. She didn't have a lot of words in her vocabulary. So she didn't really explain anything. But the only thing that she told us was purple monster. And then I just focused on getting her calmed down and back to bed. Then I started thinking about what I had seen and her having a nightmare about a purple monster. And I was just thinking that she somehow projected it onto the ceiling or something. And and then I was seeing it somehow connected. And then the other day I heard uh, you talking about tulpas. So maybe that's what it was. I have no real explanation for it because in my dreams there is nothing about any monsters at all and nothing purple and then in reflection on looking back we had tried to watch the despicable me too movie and there's purple minions in that one that were kind of scary and when they came on they ended up scaring her and we had to turn the movie off and i should have uh, checked that movie out before we we let her or tried to watch it with her but that was a parenting lesson <laughs> watch movies first but anyway, I think, you know, for a three-year-old, that, that was a little scary and then caused her to have a nightmare that night and, and with a purple monster. That, But it was just weird. And it sounds like other people have, have had similar experiences to that. So I just thought it would be neat to throw that out there and that by listening to your show, I, I believe I found an answer for it. So that was exciting. And I look forward to listening to more stories. Thank you and bye. Thank you, Christy. You know, oddly enough, I was thinking Talpa as well. I was also wondering if this could be some sort of uh, implanted memory. Perhaps part of an alien abduction or something along those lines. And of course, there's always the idea that there's some sort of psychic connection between Christy and her daughter. And I've actually linked to an image of the Megatog that Christy was mentioning. If you'd like to take a look, head over to the show notes. Either way, these are all pieces of speculation. I certainly have no answers myself. But I do thank you, Christy, for taking the time to share your story. And I thank you, the listener, for sticking around to the end of the show. Have a good night.